What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, everyone. Before we get started, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So, whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Uh, acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Again, that is bwhustle.com dot com slash join check out the description box for this episode to find more but that is bwhustle.com slash join chase thomas pod the chase thomas podcast um my nephew needs me to record see i hate i already hate it i hate it all right, you heard it, the sports reporters. We have assembled as we do every single week. I am joined as I am all the time. Even when we're not recording, we're texting, we're sending the the memes, we're sending the jokes, we're sending selfies of our quarantine hair. It's Bob Silverman up there in New York City of the Daily Beast. Bob, good afternoon, sir. How are you? Good afternoon, Chase. I just want to, I just want to be clear. You mm-hmm. were dangerously close to revealing information in the group chats. And the group <laughs> chat is a sacred trust. I don't think, I just want to say, whoa, dial it back a little. What happens in the group chat stays in the group chat. Sorry, listeners to the Chase Thomas podcast, but that is our safe space. And there are some things we can't share with you there. Sorry. There you go. There you go. Um, up there in the Northwest, temporarily in the Northwest, I think. Andrew Hammond. Andrew, good morning. Your time. How are you? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Uh, Yeah, more on that later. But uh, speaking of group chats, Mm -hmm. uh, how about that Heidi Cruz, right? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I just had to get that in there. You mentioned group chats, and that's the first thing I went to. I have no shame. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, you know, on the ethics of, of leaking stuff from the group chats, I think if it's pertains to national news i think then yes you should absolutely leak things from the group chat that is that i'm in 100 in favor of heidi cruz's fancy lady click spilling the beans on her plans to hightail it out during uh, a massive power failure in the state of texas in which people were freezing to death so yeah that to me is okay ethics was okay there you have it um Andrew, what have uh, you found yourself reading and watching this week? Uh, you know, I have been watching a ton of college basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, NCAA tournament is just weeks away. You know, getting uh, kind of a, a, a lowdown on teams and what's going on. Um, yeah, that's basically been it. Uh, watched uh, the end of WandaVision. Early uh, no Friday No spoilers. Morning. I'm watching it later tonight. No spoilers. Bob, no spoilers. All, I was, Bob all I was going to say is Superman shows up. Oh, my God. So does no, I can't hear what you're saying. 
No, no, no. Catwoman. Ah. Does Mark Hamill show up? That would be cool. Luke uh, he he yeah. actually does not, but you know who does? Harrison Ford. Baby Yoda? Oh, nice. Harrison Ford shows up. Yeah, does Harrison, Harrison Ford really? Ford, do, does he actually show up? He actually does not, Chase. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> not the most uh, ambitious also, event history. Also, too. Warwick Davis also makes an appearance as a uh, wow. as mini Chewbacca. So yeah, um, there's your spoiler. Former uh, FSU great wide receiver Peter Warwick. Does he make an appearance? <laughs> uh, yes, he does. Uh, Peter Warwick wow. and Warwick Davis are actually a buddy cop duo that come to uh, save Wanda. So yeah. Man, there's a WandaVision spoiler. He come up with these ideas. That's crazy to me. I don't know, but um, I don't know. I smoked weed watching the finale last night, so probably that. Okay. All right. Fair enough. A, a friend of mine who I used to, to work with uh, many years ago, he grew up in Miami and so was a huge fan of the U. And for his birthday present one year, I managed to score him a rare. Uh, Roscoe Parish jersey. Oh, oh, Miami legend Roscoe Parish. Speaking of of ultra quick kick returners slash punt returners slash sort of wide receiver types, he loved Roscoe Parish, and so I got him a, a Roscoe Parish jersey. Or it may have just been a Miami Hurricanes jersey that I saw in a thrift store with the number one on it. And I said, "Yeah, that's a Roscoe Parish." In any case, he was quite thrilled with it. As long as we're remembering some. Some kick, some like special teams got. Then Roscoe Parrish is my contribution for that. That's some good stuff. Bob, what have you found yourself reading this past week? Or watching? Read, reading or watching? Um, there is a delightful article today in uh, in New York Magazine. Um, I don't know if you've all seen the meme of the New York City lady who finds a sort of crawl space behind her bathroom window. Mm. What, can, you, can you say that again? There is a series of TikTok videos that were posted starting about, I'm going to say 36 hours ago, um, of a New York City lady who goes into her bathroom and notices there's a draft, <laughs> which is an odd thing to feel in a bathroom mm-hmm. for all you bathroom havers out there. <laughs> um, and she sort of investigates, and what she realizes is behind the the mirror there's just a giant gaping hole large enough for her to crawl into and investigate where the draft is coming from. oh my god i i won't speaking of spoilers alerts i won't spoil what happens in the course of these four tiktok videos for anyone who wants to find out but new york magazine did an article with the woman this video of course went mega vi as the kids are prone to saying and uh it's 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 all a delightful delightful New York story for people who enjoy that sort of thing. That's one thing. And I'm as you can probably tell, I'm as a treat, if I get enough work done today, I'm gonna watch the last episode of WandaVision. So I'm very excited about that. I'm the only one in the podcast. Would love your thoughts on that. Not, Bob. Uh, not in not in on it. It's just I am actually hate watching this show called Reckoning on Netflix. Um, I'm almost I done. See what that is. It's awful. It's like one of those shows that wants to be Ozark that's not Ozark. It's like a weird mixture. It has the blue screen. It kind of reminds me of The Killing a little bit. I haven't watched Ozark. I'm not going to watch Ozark. But I thought Ozark was just a Breaking Bad knockoff. So I, I just meant in terms of just like the, the cat and mouse game and the the look of it. Like it has a, it, you know what I'm talking about? That, that like blue lining on the TV. Yeah. Like everything uh, is blue. And washed out one blue screen look. Yes. In. They think it's like more artistic to do this. It, I don't know. I don't understand why this is becoming a thing. But I'm I'm okay with it on Ozark. It's like the only one. So you're not an right, Ozark let guy. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this: Is Ted Lasso good? Yes. Is that a good thing? Everyone see. I I see a lot of talk on the social media about <laughs> Ted Lasso. Okay. Okay. So I don't, Chase. I don't know if you've seen Ted Lasso. I have not. Have you? Okay. So the best way I can describe it is. It's like the Mighty Ducks. Okay. Well, in in terms of kind of the hard luck team, but Uh it actually, it's so, 
it's borderline. It's how do I put it? It is very cliche and cheesy, but the best part about it is, is that it actually works. Like there's just okay. enough that you're like, oh, that's adorable, that's cute, but at the same time, you're kind of like, it's not dark, it's not you know, you know, cute and adorable. But then like there's like this dark undertone. No, there's li- really just this. It's innocent, like, like the Powerpuff Girls. but no i mean there's just like this really like clean genuine like it's cheesy but it's a genuine cheesy um and it's not like i can handle that yeah whether or not to activate my my apple tv free year oh do it do it do it um i i need to start uh i need to finish for All Mankind Season 1, another great show, because I love those alternate reality kind of, like, timeline shows. Um, and so, yeah, For All Mankind is pretty good, and uh, Ted Lasso. I've heard the Steve Carell, Jennifer Aniston shows all right, or I've heard it's really good, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I just, I see enough of that in the real world every day, and it's just like... <sighs> Did y'all you know ever watch terrible? Killing Eve? Uh, no, uh, many no. people like it though. Okay, my girlfriend and I are watching uh, season one right now. It's really good. I like Killing Eve a lot. Have y'all watched Queen's Gambit yet? I don't know no. if I have talked. No, don't watch it. it. I'm not awful. It makes no sense. <laughs> okay. So it's does it, is, 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 is that why like all these chess hipsters are coming out now? Chess is cool. Chess is fun. I don't have the patience. It is. It is. I agree. I'm just saying. But like all these people were talking about, you know, oh, ooh, ooh, this makes chess cool now, and I'm just like, no, it doesn't. There's no chess. There's almost no chess at all in the entire thing. If it were a show explaining chess, I could handle that, and I would probably be a lot more interested in that. I would like a show explaining to me, an idiot, how chess really works, because I find it. It's it's it, I, I I get flustered when I play chess. I think I mentioned this. Did I tell the butter 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 story? Mm-mm. Chase. Mm-mm. Okay, years ago we w- we were working on this play, and so we're there was a big the big climactic scene in the play. We was going to be this sort of massive this chess scene, and so we wanted to watch actual skilled chess players play. And there's this store down on Thompson Street, which. I have no idea if it still exists where you could buy fancy ivory wood carved chess pieces, but there were also boards in the shop. And so people would come in with their timers and they would play serious high level chess. So we go in and we would go sort of hang out at the store and watch because watching these guys play chess was just freaking fascinating. And my favorite moment where there were two guys playing chess and one was a full on Hasidic Jew with the, the payas and the tefillin, dressed in black, wearing the giant fur hat that looks like a cheese wheel, holding nine yards, and an African-American from somewhere else in New York City, I'm not sure where, who had giant earphones on, hoodie, uh, fubu gear, and was just sort of very chill and bouncing along and playing and listening to music. And the Hasidic guy was chain smoking inside the store. So granted this was 2000, 2001 when you could get away with chain smoking inside a store where they sold bespoke chess pieces mm-hmm. and they're playing. And the guy, the, the Hasidic Jew is chain smoking, cursing, sweating wildly and like talking to himself endlessly and like moving his pieces and slamming them down and slamming the diner. And the African-American guy is sitting there just going, just bopping along, listening to his music, and every couple of seconds he just said, butter, butter, butter. <laughs> and then he would move his piece very calmly, and I watched him play this whole game. And it was this wonderful, to me, little slice of life of good old New York City, where many cultures come together to, like, yell at each other and play chess and stuff. In any case, if, if the Queen's Gambit had more of that, I would have liked it more. It had none of that. None. <laughs> Which it's that, a badly designed show that like really has some very uh let's say misconceived notions about addiction as well. Mm. I'll I'll leave it there. 
Um, and no stakes. And a guy with a duster for for a long stretch of it. I don't want to. Do you yeah. own a duster, Bob? No. <laughs> I don't own a duster. No. You're not. You're not cool, Bob. I guess, I guess I just didn't get that a copy of the Jay Peterman catalog where I could buy a duster. <laughs> no. What is the most embarrassing thing that you own, fashion-wise, Bob? A jod purse. A what? Jod purse. What is that? Jod purse are the flared-out pants that people use for horseback riding. You know the horseback riding oh. pants. Oh, that's not embarrassing. What? Like I'm gonna wear jod purse in public? I own them. <laughs> I'm not wearing them. Andrew, I'm just saying like, that's not. Something- Andrew, That's not something you? that you should be embarrassed by. I don't have, I just have a bunch of sport coats and jackets that, let's just say, if I'm covering an event, I easily stand out. Um, so yeah, nothing like nothing gaudy. Um, actually, I wouldn't consider it gaudy. Other people will, but those people are boring. Mm. I uh, did have a plaid jacket. Uh, my and this is like you know when you're in high school and you discover the thrift store is like the greatest place because you're cheap as hell. Uh, I had a an awesome. I don't think I've gotten over that. That I may have not gotten past that. Thing. Same, same. Uh, in some in some in some instances, same. Um, so <laughs> I had go back awesome, five minutes. Jodpers. Um, I own Jodpers. So yeah, moving right, on. <laughs> a, a red and black plaid jacket that I had my senior year. Um. I got in a, like a winter one with lining and and that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm talking like 1960s, 70s plaid, red and black jacket. Okay, but is it a, a cold weather jacket or a blazer? No, it's it's a it's it's a blazer. Like oh, think, okay, that's, that's problematic. Norm Sloan, uh, former NC State head coach Norm Sloan, circa 1974. Got it. It's 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 a it just it it, well it got ruined in a car accident, but uh, um, I, I definitely loved that jacket. Interesting. Um, you're the worst in sports media this week. Who is it, Bob? Huh. Interesting question. Who is the worst in sports media this week? I'm gonna go just to kick off our next conversation. I'm going to go with a very bad tweet from college football reporter Bruce Feldman. Mm. Andrew's excited. He's been waiting to talk about this one. Okay, my my bad tweet is, uh, you may not have noticed this, but due to some fine reporting by uh, USA Today via um, uh, Nancy Arbor, Jessica Luther, it turns out that LSU coach Les Miles was, I, I think, Creeping on students would be the best way to describe it. I I encourage you to read the article for yourself. But uh, engaging in unacceptable and behavior with women a great deal younger than him, again, some of whom were students, and LSU's response was to say, don't do that again. And they denied it when it happened. This was back in 2013. And poor uh, first-step college football reporter Bruce Feldman in 2016 tweeted, uh, 2013, rather, tweeted, talk to a source at LSU tonight. There is no truth to that wild rumor. And, yeah, he got that one wrong. So I'm going to say for trusting your LSU sources about a damaging story about LSU, that makes you the worst this week. Sorry, man, it happens to all of us, but it's going to have to take a giant L on that one. Yeah, okay. I'll allow it. Andrew, what about you? Uh, Skip Bayless, uh, thirty-two million from. Wait, Fox. how does this a worst? He he, I think he won in this in this situation. No, he won, but uh, hot take sports media. Uh, hot hot take sports media won, mm. and and that's not a good thing. Um, no. I tried watching because... first take a little bit this morning while I was working. I I don't understand it. I don't understand this this way of presenting this, sports conversations it's, it's, i hate it i can't do it i really it's can't a hot, it's a hot take culture that feeds to the lowest common denominator and the fact that skip bayless who has basically turned a second career was a 
decent decent journalist, halfway decent journalist. Uh, before you know, he kind of he he realized, oh, I'm pretty good at this, and other people realized, oh, he's a very opinionated man. Uh, yeah. So I he I have was a, a good reporter in Dallas. Yeah, like, he was. Whole- Doing yeah, the whole Pony Express SMU days. He was the hot take sports media culture was was not going away. A friend of mine worked at ESPN uh, as a producer. He's still there at ESPN as a producer. And when he first got there, they wanted him on, you know, kind of a little bit of everything, kind of see where he felt, you know, where he was strongest. And he was doing a week with uh, First Take. And basically, you know, he was like, Skip Bayless is a really nice guy, a super nice guy. But the issue is he is he is oh good god um damn it bob um so no so basically he and steve a smith are agreeing on a lot of things together like they're like oh yeah they're you know agreeing on this agreeing on that but the thing is everybody agreeing with each other does not make good tv it doesn't make good TV. So basically he was saying, well, you take this uh, angle. I can switch it to where, you know, people can kind of go on my side with this. And when he told me that I was, I was one, I was blown away Two, I wasn't shocked because I was like, Oh, that makes sense. But yeah, we're legitimizing a guy that hasn't done any real reporting and interviewing in maybe 15 years. Um, I'm not a fan of it because we know what's going to happen. This happens every year. There's going to be job cuts across networks and contracts aren't going to get renewed. And you're going to see. And yes, I got 32 million over four years for freaking skip. And this I'm is just sorry. after they decided, Oh, Hey, we might need some actual writers for our, our, our sports, uh, our sports vertical on our sports website. Because literally nobody's watching the videos. Yet, bingo. Like, it... Did you guys know that that Skip Bayless's, I believe, brother is renowned chef Rick Bayless? Yeah, they don't speak. Really? Yeah, they're not on speaking terms. Yeah. That makes sense, actually. Yeah. That that makes sense. They do look alike. Um, I, I will say I'm pro Skip Bayless's Instagram. Like it's one of the weirder things I've ever seen, and uh, <laughs> I'm I'm here for why it. because he posts like I can't like when I wear these I can't lose. It's just weird. His house is weird. His I don't know everything that he does every day. How he watches sports is weird. Well, he'll put on the remember that performative thing where he walked over the trash can and threw his Dallas Cowboys hat in the trash. Like, oh yeah, I remember that. It's just weird. He's a weird dude. I don't know. He's just a goofball. But all he does, and like his wife, I remember the story about like his weekly stuff with what he has to watch every night and everything. It's like, oh yeah, we have date night for Friday nights, and we talk and catch up, and then that's it. That that is the being. I, uh, I'm of the firm belief mm-hmm. that if you earn enough money, people, almost every single person, it is the exception to the rule when a person earning eight figures doesn't get very weird yeah it is very it is hard not to become cut off from uh most other people and develop one's own particular peccadillos when you earn that much money yeah i know a couple i know a couple of people who are very 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 wealthy and for um ironically enough for both of them this was not their goal in life in any way shape or form it happened for a variety of reasons, and they're very well adjusted and kind and decent, nice people. But that is a giant exception. It's just hard not to. Yeah. Like if look if, if if suddenly I was bumped into that tax bracket because you know I got rich on Dogecoin or something dumb like that. Um, I, I yeah I think I might do some things. That to the rest of the world would seem downright weird and not care. Like that's the thing about having that much money. You really don't have to care 
about what anyone else thinks because you can just comfort yourself on your bed of money and you have that. It is. It really is like that line in, uh, what's the name of that? The, it's a good line. Um, the Gambler. Did everyone see that movie? It's a good one. Is that the one with... Uh, Jim Gray movie. Is that... Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, okay, yes. I was going to say, is that the Wahlberg one? Yes, I've seen it. Yes. John, uh, Mark Wahlberg, John Goodman, Jim Gray. John Gray, or I forget his name, the director. Um, he, uh, what it is, Wahlberg is a professor <laughs> uh, who, and, and author who makes a, a great deal of money um, and then fritters it all away on terrible, terrible, terrible gambling debts. And he has to go to a mob boss, fixer, you know, a loan shark played As by one does. John John Goodman. And John Goodman is like, look, make enough money. You get a safe house. You get nice investments. You make your nest egg. You get all of that. And the rest of it is fuck you money. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. It's the ability to be able to say, like, go F yourself to anyone who wants to make you do something awful or unpleasant or untoward or even something that mildly irks you. And that that should be everyone's goal, to have enough money to make F you money to the rest of the world. And I think once you get past that, suddenly things start to get a little a little kooky, which is my explanation for Skip Bayless's Instagram account. Long story short, but do watch The Gambler. Quite good. There you go. On the sports reports, it's not a great by someone else. But it's similar. Um, Andrew, there's a piece in New York Times. This we didn't record last week, so we weren't able to talk about this. But um, this was obviously a huge story, and we all learned about the black box in cars <laughs> this week um, with Tiger Woods. It's a question whether or not he will ever play golf again. This piece in New York Times outlining his injuries and like what lies ahead for him is pretty insane. Um, but if there's anybody outside of like LeBron James that you would bet on to like come back from just crazy, devastating injuries at an older age, it'd be Tiger Woods. But... Um, what do you what do you make of the severity and uh, the piece and uh, what uh, what's next for Tiger? It broke my heart. First off, uh, it, it broke my heart to see the news that you know. I, my first thought was I was like I hope it wasn't pills or alcohol, and then uh, an acquaintance of mine lives in L.A. and she was like, hey the area he was driving, like that's a very narrow, very curvy, uh, very curvy place. So yeah, like she was like, it doesn't surprise me. He had an accident there, but you know, you just kind of hope for, you know, you just hope that it was an accident and that there was nothing else involved. Um, I'd like to see him back out there. Uh, if he decides he wants to retire, which I mean, I kind of figured he might have retired in maybe four or five years max. Um, but if he wants to retire after this and just kind of run his charity, be a family man, I wouldn't blame him. Um, it's just super sad. Bob, what do you think? I was just wondering if you guys saw the the incredibly poorly timed joke from our wacky pals over at Barstool Sports when the injury was... Oh, yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, yes. (laughs) It was one of those Barstool moments where I just go... Like, you guys... You guys have, have a hard time understanding why the rest of the world might not find your... Tiger Woods is injured as a false flag because I'm referring to a very, very niche internet joke about athletes suffering two broken legs and posting that tweet just as it happened would be a bad idea. You guys didn't see, like, Barstool's sense of humor can very much be boiled down to a bunch of dudes in their 20s 
who rip to the like who have had a little too much beer and think the idea of a great joke is just wailing on each other's groins. That's their that's their funny, for lack of a better word. And they just it was just like it was just one of those moments where everyone else got to sort of take a glance at what the nature of this satirical men's website is and just sort of recoiled in horror. It was really that was that was just a a delightful little moment in 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 our week. The risk of infection is unreal. Like I was just reading of like what's going on when you break your leg the way he did and also just like the way that he broke his leg is like super common when you get in these wrecks where the way it pushes on your leg like it sounded it just incredibly painful like i just cannot imagine like the way your legs get pushed in and crunched in and like it breaks this particular bone every single time in these kind of wrecks and i don't know man it uh it's just brutal like this is way worse where you just see it because you you didn't get to see up close the injuries but if you read what everything happened there you're like oh my god like this is this is crazy like he has a long long road to recovery and we're looking at years and um i don't know i i hope for the best but it's gonna be grueling um at the very least um there's two pieces on defector uh, a very good website that i enjoy reading um that I wanted to ask you guys about because Drew McGarry is a good writer. I don't know if y'all read his books, but he's a, he's a fun read. I like reading McGarry and he has this whole thing on the shit posting economy. Did you, did you, did y'all see this? I did not see it. Okay. Bob. Yeah, me neither. Sorry, man. No. Okay. Well, he wrote this really great piece on, uh, entitled we are living in the shit poster economy and it, uh, outlines like the Andrew Sullivan's, the Barry Wise, the Matthew Iglesias's, the, I don't even know. I can't keep track. Oh, the Glenn Greenwald's who all move over to Substack and just make a lot of money on these bad faith arguments. And like they, they're outsiders from their company because they left their company and their company didn't give them the platform. And like they were censored and they know they weren't censored, but they say they were because it's profitable to do this. Like it's just a profitable thing to say that you're censored while making a bunch of money with a bunch of people paying you money to read your work independently. And um, his solution is just let these people yell into the void that their voice is being silenced and their voice is so, so important. Um, But when you give them this platform and you engage over and over again, they win. And the shit poster economy is just doing really, really well. And uh, I don't know. I thought it was a, very depressing and uh, a <laughs> piece. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. I haven't read it yet, but I agree with the article nonetheless. It's very weird. Like the thing that I always coming back to is is the the free speech cries uh, from a certain segment of the population. They spend a great deal of time at the bellowing at the top of their lungs about the impingements on free speech. And yet they seemingly rarely want to get into what people are saying with that right. And the actual arguments that are being offered under the guise of all expression is valuable. Um, And I think there's a reason for that because I think the free speech claims are bullpucky. To put it bluntly, like, I'm sorry, people have more means of expression right now than they have had in the entirety of human history. The idea that conservative thought is being silenced is laughable. It's a bleak joke. And and trolling or shitposting, as McGarry put it, is a reasonably good way to define it. It's just just not true. Andrew, what do you think? So I shit posting, trolling, whatever. I think it's one of those things where if you're going to troll or you're going to I guess quote unquote be a shit poster and and try and you know have that alternative voice and, and you want Basically, hey, here's a take. It's different, but, you know, you guys are going to react. Point to me somebody who's actually good at it. Like, who will bring up a thought that's like, oh, that's a very different viewpoint, but you're making good points. 
I haven't seen one good shit poster. Like, if you're going to do it, at least have some type of skill to, like, persuade an audience that's not a a complete meathead or not a complete racist shit bag. Um, I, I, I think that when when you look at all these people, like when when conservatives or people will say that they've been silenced when they have a social media platform and they've been censored, yet they've they're on a social media platform. What? <laughs> like, I it kills me when people will say that. Oh, conservative voices are being silenced. Like, no, you have a platform. Uh, no matter how big your platform is, you just have really terrible opinions and takes and thoughts. Like, that's why nobody's paying attention to you. Um, it's the idea. It's look. You know, it's it's very, it's a bizarre thing. It's just it falls right in line with the entire like harangue about quote unquote cancel culture. I mean. You know what that? You know what cancel culture is? People telling you 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 suck. It's a lot of people saying you. Right. It's in fact those people exercising the very same free speech rights that you employ to say you suck, and you should maybe have better ideas, and maybe or at least keep some of these weird ones to yourself, lest people avoid you in public places. Um, it's deranged. And the idea that this is in any way anything new is ludicrous. Society forms forms boundaries on what is and is not acceptable conduct. For the entirety of human history, certain people have said, actually, I think this boundary calling this kind of conduct unacceptable is wrong, and here's why. Or I'm going to test the edges of what is acceptable to prove that those boundaries are arbitrary or capricious or even hypocritical. That has happened throughout the entirety of human history. People have lost jobs. For saying things. People have been shunned for reasons, for varied reasons, because of their political beliefs, because of even innate characteristics that have nothing to do with personal choice. This is the entire history of humanity. The idea that it is somehow new or more violent because people are exposed to other people telling some weirdo to shut the hell up on the internet is, 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 painfully short-sighted and narcissistic remember uh, remember when there was an era and chase and this is no slight at your age chase or anything like that but like i know for bob and i pre uh, maybe you can say maybe pre-social media or even pre uh internet there was a time where if you said something that was deemed anti-Semitic or it was deemed racist, you were essentially kind of just shunned. And, mm-hmm. it, and and it was on both sides. It was like there was a moral compass to the medium of news. Like there was a moral compass to the media or to the medium of news, how we consume it, all of that. And it's just seeing people... <laughs> Like a Candace Owens or a Ben <laughs> Shapiro or, you know, even on the left with a Michael Moore. Um, he hasn't he said some controversial things, but nothing at the level of you. Michael Moore can. Yeah. Right. But, but it's, it's just like I remember when people could would say things and all of a sudden it was just like, Oh well, no, this is wrong. This is terrible. And it's like, wait a minute, how how are you saying that this is wrong and terrible? Yet there are people in this country who are absolutely fine with an insurrection, or they're fine with uh, black men getting black men and women getting killed by law enforcement on video, or you know. Asian Americans being assaulted uh, in open daylight in cities all over this country. And you want to preach morality and you want to preach what like the good values of this country. Yet at the same time, you aren't absolutely abhorring all of (laughs) violent acts. None of it is new. None of it is the same. And and you've ever seen the movie 
Have you guys seen the movie, not to reference a movie, to punch just my point, have you seen the movie PCU? Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it came out uh, before Chase was born, I think, in 1996. <laughs> no, I was born in 91, mind you. Uh, Chase was born in the year 2003, so he doesn't... <laughs> uh, in any case, PCU, it's a an early Jeremy Piven vehicle. Uh, for people who are fans of such things. He hadn't gotten the hair implants yet, so that's fun. Um, Jeremy Piven is uh, a rogue, like, eighth-year senior at a liberal arts college. Um, a pre-frost shows up to visit the college, and meanwhile, Jeremy Piven's eighth-year senior runs the wacky, not politically correct frat, that and the the frat goes to war with the evil dean played by jessica walter of arrested development fame who's delightful um uh also also stars david spade as the evil shunned oppressed preppy which is no longer acceptable on this haven of liberal can i do a 20 second thing on david spade by the way sure okay i saw david spade he closed he was the main event at a comedy store um, stand-up special that I went to in LA a couple years ago. It was Spade was the main event, and this show had Bill Burr, um, Dana Carvey, and Norm Macdonald all come before him, and David Spade was the main event. And I was like looking around, and I was like, "What is happening?" All three of these guys were amazing, and Norm Macdonald is just one of my all-time favorites. And just being like, "What? What? How did this happen?" David Spade went on last, and it was just mind blowing to me that David Spade was the main event with these four. It it just never. It, I still think about that a lot of David Spade getting main event status in that group. But anyway, back to what you're saying. Kids love David Spade. Uh, in any case, the jokes in PCU are exactly the same as they are now. This is a 25 year old movie, and the jokes could literally you could take the script and remake the whole same movie. It has not changed at all. Like it is. <laughs> The, all of these argue, all of this reactionary arguments about their about the the real victims and the real people who are being persecuted are you you can go back even you can go back a lot further and you can hear you know you go back to the nineteen if you want to talk about like go back to McCarthyism and see what the arguments that are being made there about the silent majority that is being the great unheard and and it, like literally all of this is just exactly the same and I find it so boring. It's so boring and dumb. Someone please read a book. Read a book. <laughs> read a book for Watch. the love of God. I think it's Watch an interesting clear you about. for the love of God. Jeremy Piven needs the residuals, man. Come on. Are you sure he does? Because there's this little thing called Entourage. I think he got canceled. I believe Jeremy Piven got canceled, but I can't Did remember he? why. Yeah, I think he got... Uh, I, I, I think it was kind of in the Me Too... Uh, in the he, Me Too sweep that was, happened, I saw him doing. He was on this incredibly <laughs> bad reactionary stand-up comedy podcast. Um, I'm not going to get into which one, but he's on like some reactionary comedy podcast talking about him pivoting into stand-up comedy because he can't get jobs in Hollywood anymore. This was. This is pre-COVID, so who knows what he's up to these days, but I believe Jeremy Piven may have been canceled. Sorry out there, Ari Goldman. He's canceled now. Did not know that. Um, last thing, guys, and we'll we'll wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Reporters. Um, I love the like David Roth's uh, writing on Defector. He's one of my favorites. I know we all like David Roth. It's another Defector thing. We'll wrap up here. Do we, do we want to get, uh, I, I believe we, we, I, I may have hoisted, I may have stolen, uh, Andrew's LSU time. Oh if, yeah. If you yeah. Want. I thought we were like, yes, we'll do the CFB minute after this, um, with okay. uh, Andrew. And then, uh, Andrew's got some big news he'd like to, to announce, I think. Um, but it's that's this whole called, thing on that's called, that's called foreshadowing in the biz kids. If you that like is true. That. It's called a tease in radio. I don't know if you knew that or not, yeah. Bob, but, um, yeah. yeah. Um, he has this piece on Bob Nightingale, uh, who I believe is a USA Today Major League Baseball insider, and he has been tweeting. He he just tweets really grainy, terrible photos, and has been for years. And 
David did a really great piece of over the years highlighting all the different terrible pictures he's tweeted and just been like, look at this. It's cold and rainy in Phoenix, but a glorious day for the San Diego Padres organization. And like Manny Machado's name is up on the billboard, but it's like completely blurred. You can barely tell what's what it is. It's it's great. It was a delightful read. And it was my favorite sports story I read this week. Um, I highly encourage you guys to check it out. One other thing I just re- just recalled, a, a young pre-swingers John Favreau is also in PCU. And, and as a stoner, it's really quite delightful. He has dreadlocks and everything. That was a thing in the mid-90s. If you were a guy oh, yeah, would, white guys getting dreadlocks for no apparent reason at all? White guys getting dreadlocks and going to like see the Mekons. That was a big thing for, for, for the whites at that point in time. Andrew, your CFB Minute. Less miles. Oh boy. Uh, so, uh, yeah, let's, let's just keep it a buck. Uh, and I, and I said this last week when the news first came out, Les miles, as you know, uh, did some things at LSU that weren't great. Uh, the AD Jeff long, uh, K K U A D Jeff long. Uh, he hired Les miles. He and Les Miles are extremely close. That's one of the reasons why he hired him. Uh, here's the other thing that's going on at KU right now. They are essentially in a wrongful termination lawsuit with David Beatty, the former head coach there. Uh, basically, KU owes him a lot of money. KU doesn't have the money uh, to pay his buyout. The issue is KU just doesn't have a lot of money in general. Uh, so they basically, instead of firing him because he sucked, they like looked in a small, tiny portion of his contract and they were like, oh yeah, uh, this is why we're getting rid of you. And basically it was like, Hey, if you commit like a violation, whether it be minor or, you know, something like that, basically they, they're using a technicality to get rid of this guy, but it's like he had no knowledge of whatever of, of whatever violation occurred. So Kate was like, no, technically you're the head coach there, so we don't have to pay you. Um, now he's got this on his plate uh, with Les Miles having some off the field issues when he was at LSU. If I'm Jeff Long, I fire my homeboy Les Miles and probably get my own affairs in order because I should be gone too. Yeah. Not good. And just weird. I swear these coaches, it's just weird. You read it and you're like, what? I just can't believe it. Well, and, 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 and people will quickly say, Oh, well, maybe Jeff Long didn't know. I get that. I totally get that. No, but I'm just Jeff speaking to Les Miles is, to be like, yeah, this well, is normal. Let me go in this right. person's room. Let me go in this college student's Like, what? Yeah. Wh- well, what is this? Yeah. No, no. Les Miles should. I mean, people, I, there are some KU people that I know that are already like, okay, you know, we need to talk to KU assistants. We need to talk to KU people around here. Oh, and by the way, speaking of KU assistants, a lot of them are fleeing. And they've been fleeing basically since their season ended. Uh, It's not going to end well. This is not going to end well at all. Uh, KU is a program that has had no success at all in the last decade. So, yeah, I mean, (laughs) the the best way to put this is KU's got to make, got to get rid of Les Miles, got to get rid of Jeff Long as the AD. And you're looking at perhaps the most poorly run Division One program in America. Yeah. All right. Well, we will. End I have a question for yes. Andrew. What happened to the What happened to the to the beloved thick head coach that Kansas used to have? Didn't they have like a oh, big man? Gino? Gino? He got well, canceled. Yeah, so... Oh, no! So, Mark Mangino gets canned, and basically, I mean, it was a... You can literally not keep this guy around because he's just a big bully. That's all he is. Uh, So, yeah, I mean... But the thing is, 
if you get rid of the bully, well, he wins. So you get you get Turner Gill, nice guy, love him six days out of the week, but the guy couldn't win. Uh, then you get Charlie Weiss, and you're like, oh, this should fix everything. You load up on a bunch <laughs> of Junko guys, and a guy who was clearly just there to collect another check. Um, yeah, like it, it's not great. And yeah, I mean, they're, they're in a situation where there's no stability aside from the basketball program. Um, and the NCAA is basically just, they've got their own vultures out there on that. So yeah, I mean, if I'm, if I'm a KU fan, if I'm a KU alum, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little pissed at everybody right now. Yeah. Bo Pelini, next head coach of Kansas football. Um, Andrew, you ready to announce you your get news it. as we wrap up here? Uh, yes. Uh, so I will be uh, – today is my last day at the uh, at the Tacoma News Tribune. Technically, I, yesterday was well, the last yes. day. Uh, so, yeah, this is coming out on Saturday, so Friday – was my last day at the Tacoma News Tribune. And starting on Monday, I will be uh, the new assistant sports editor at the Detroit Free Press. So, thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited for, to hear Andrew's spicy Detroit Pistons takes. I'm mm-hmm. sure there are many, mm-hmm. of which there are many. Um, that, that, that's <laughs> man. Sorry about Blake Griffin, man. Uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, I saw that he was he, he was getting bought out, and I'm just like, well, a uh, future Hall of Famer um, can no wrong. He's, he's he's getting in. He's getting in. No, excuse me. Inter international international basketball Hall of Fame college counts. He's getting in because of because of two years at, at Oklahoma. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Amari Sotomayor, Sean Kemp, and Blake Griffin walk into a bar because no one's letting them in the Hall of Fame. Rim oh, shot. he's getting Thank in. You. He's he, he, he's going to get in. For that Thank guy you. up there in the Northeast, Bob Silverman. <laughs> for that guy temporarily in the Northwest, Andrew Hammond. For myself down here in Knoxville, Tennessee. That is all we've got, uh, folks, because this I know where this is going. This is going to be a basketball conversation for the next 30 minutes. So we will we're end going here. First. We're going, we were getting into full first take spiking. Yes, it, it was we happening. really were. It was and happening. I had, and, and, and unlike shit posters, I actually had decent facts to back it up. Oh, sure you did. Sure you did, man. Because you're talking about Oklahoma Sumer's best. I'm out of here! <laughs> All right, we're ending it. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.